Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, we know that an overwhelming number of people listened because everyone was commenting about the metronome clicking in the background. Yes. Uh, well, at least I heard it. I... <laughs> Uh, but uh, we got that hopefully taken care of. I turned the sound up this time, and I don't hear it, so I think that's good. All right. Um, Matt, today's our AFC preview. This was supposed to be the ASU football opener, uh, and uh, instead what we're going to open with is ASU basketball players in the NBA, which is now a list longer than one. That's true. That's true. And, yeah, who would have uh, who would have guessed back in, say, January, that on September 3rd of this year, we would be talking about a big game for two former ASU basketball players that happened last night, and not about the opening of the ASU football season happening tonight. But that's where we are in this crazy year. Uh, you know. So, hey, at least we got something. Yeah. So, uh, in a seven-game series, which doubled as the Lou Dort coming out party. Yeah. Uh, James Harden and the Rockets advanced, taking out Chris Paul and the Lou Dort-led Thunder. Yeah, with the yeah, With yeah. the clinching play being a defensive play by James Harden. Who would have guessed that? Yeah, I mean, that, another thing, who would have guessed? Let's see, there were two Dort and Harden were playing last night. Let's say 24 hours ago, I told you the news would be that one of them scored 30 points and one of them had a huge defensive play down the stretch. You probably would have guessed the opposite order. I certainly would have. Yeah. Uh, Lou Dort scores 30 points, which was, you know, amazing. And James Harden, Mr. Lack of Defense, I texted you after game four during this series complaining about his lack of effort on defense. Uh, but boy, when they needed a big play, he came through with a huge one. Yeah, and uh, I got to be honest, the, the chippiness and the trash-talkiness Mm-hmm. of this series was surprising to me yeah yeah i mean i think i know there's a factor yeah i know there's some hard feelings with paul with paul and harden i think and you know and traded for westbrook and i don't think westbrook has hard feelings toward okc but uh, you know uh, i mean chris paul is he's always been uh you know kind of an annoyance um uh, you know every every place he's gone the team isn't necessarily sad to see him leave. Now, that doesn't mean he's not a good player. He is a very good player. Um, you know, he'll be in the Hall of Fame when his career is over. But, you know, he, he leaves some hard feelings behind, and I think he left some hard feelings behind in Houston. Yeah. Um, he's going to – Chris Paul's going to have an interesting retrospective on his career, I think, because he is prickly, I think, yes. fair to say. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, quickly, and and you know, I mean, I, this isn't necessarily fair, but has never won anything. Now, I mean, admittedly, he played for a pretty bad Hornets team for the first part of his career. Uh, they, you know, wasn't a great organization. Um, went to the Clippers, and they had some close calls. And then, obviously, the closest call was was what two, three years ago when they got to you know when they had the three two lead on on Golden State in the conference finals. And he was injured, which is another thing that's been a factor for him through his career is injury. And they lost the last two games without him. Um, never been to the finals. Only that time been to the conference finals. Uh, and yet has a pretty sterling reputation among basketball media. 
Maybe well, not so much among players, but among the media, they love him. Well, and respected among the players enough to be yes. the uh, ple- president players of the Players Association. So. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got, you're right, it's a, it's a bit of a complicated legacy because really, I mean, you look at when he left the Hornets, there was not a lot of sadness to see him go. When he left the Clippers, there was certainly not much sadness to see him go. He, you know, that, that. Uh, flame had burned out on that team certainly when he left the Rockets not much and yet every place he's gone they've gotten better when he's there including this year uh, you know and so I mean it's it's a it's a weird legacy for him because he doesn't seem like the most popular teammate teams do get better but they never have one big he doesn't have the championships that say an Isaiah Thomas or uh, Jason Kidd who won late in his career or even the finals appearances of like a John Stockton, you know, and you think about the great point guards, he doesn't really have that on his resume. Do you think that he will be Carl Malone, Gary Payton-esque at the end, and he will take the deal to play with whoever the front runner is? Yeah, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we're nearing the end for him already. And so I think, uh, you know, I don't know what his contract situation is. I think he's back in, in OKC next year. Well, he's got a um, lot of money. He does. He definitely does have a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he did. Uh, I wonder if he can be, uh, a, you know, a supplementary player, though. You know, I mean, and that, it's just it's not a criticism so much as just the fact of like, well, he's always, you know, pretty much from the time he came in the NBA to now, the ball is dominated in his hands, whether it was with, you know, New Orleans, I guess, or Oklahoma city for a bit there when, you know, early in his career, um, you know, even the years with Harden, Harden had a lot of, but you know, he was, he was ball dominant. And so can he be that guy who takes the back back role or if he goes somewhere is it going to be well okay Chris Paul's our point guard and is that good enough to win a title it hasn't been I mean and and that's not necessarily fair but it's just facts like you know Chris Paul as your point guard has not been good enough to win a title well and I don't know how important a title is to him career wise That, that to me is the question because if it's critically important he could go to Steve Nash's Brooklyn Nets as yeah. a backup. He, you know, yeah. and play with the yeah. Rams. He could go to Golden State as a backup. Yeah, go um, to the Lakers where he was supposed to go all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he was willing to take that's the thing. If he's willing to take just a small amount of money, go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he still wants to make star money, then the market's limited because you're limited to teams who can pay you that, which is very likely teams that aren't in contention. That's why they have the money to spend. Yes. And he is a victim of his success as the president of the Players Association because he yeah. he got the deal that got him this yeah. money. That is true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's got a an interesting legacy, and I I realize as we're talking about this that that's not where we started this conversation, and we're going to go back to Harden and Dort. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a good question for him. I, I don't know his thoughts. Um, you know, it's also one of those that like, it's that sliding scale of how we, when I say we, I mean, you know, fans, media, et cetera, uh, judge players, certain players are judged on you better win a title or titles or your disappointment. 
And then there are certain players that don't have, don't face that same standard. And he, he kind of seems like he falls in that second category. I don't think very many people hold that against him. Whereas, like when LeBron hadn't won a title in his first, what, seven years, it was the end of the world. Or when Durant hadn't. Um, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's something about being a point guard. Because it's really not held against Steve Nash all that much. I do, because I can't stand Steve Nash. But in the grand, you know, I don't think a lot of people point that out as well. He never won anything. It's just, oh, he's a great point guard. Well, and, and the, one of the things about Paul is he's always been very good. His team, yeah. you know, but he, and, and he personally has been great and elite at oh, times. Sure. But, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. I mean, I, I said that, and I don't think there's any argument about that. You know, he's, he's a Hall of Fame player. But, and you're right, his teams have been good. And I guess that even is what makes it more, more, Head scratching is why hasn't I mean is he's had teams that were good enough to win titles. Well, and with he's, the Rockets and with he, the Clippers. He's taken teams when he got to the Clippers. The Clippers were bad, and he right. made the Clippers right. good. Good, you know, but never over the hump. Right, you know they had didn't they have a three one lead on Houston one year in the second round and blew it. Um, obviously before he went to Houston, and then they had I mean again I know he was hurt but that three two lead against Golden State. I mean that's the one that stands out for both him and Harden. Because they probably would have won the title that year. Cleveland was in the finals. They weren't very good. I mean, the, the winner of the West was almost certainly going to win the championship. Yeah. And if they win that series and win the title, both of them are remembered differently. I mean, let, let's be honest. As we talk James Harden, he's a guy who needs he needs an NBA championship, I think, to really elevate to the next level. He's also a Hall of Famer. I was going to say, MVP, which, is, which is weird. Because Chris Paul has never been an MVP or a scoring champ. True, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that I guess is kind of what I'm getting at, and maybe maybe it's simply that we've all just sort of accepted that Chris Paul is at the level he's at, mm-hmm. and we're not we're not wanting to put Chris Paul in the you know oh he's a top ten player all time level. So his lack of winning a title going to the finals is like yeah okay. Whereas Harden's got the numbers to start getting comparisons like that. Maybe not top 10 ever, but, you know, hey, when, you, when you've when you won an MVP, when you've won scoring titles. Um, I finished you know, second in the MVP voting a couple times. What, three more times, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're all NBA uh, a bunch of times. You know, it starts to get, well, okay, how good are you? And without a, a championship, he's always going to be, a, you know, a tier below. Yeah. And I don't know if he's going to win a time. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not sure where his career goes. I don't think he's going to win one this year. Um, you know, we'll see. They're still alive. But uh, that team has some has some significant flaws that it would be surprising if they, honestly, if they advance past where they are now, but certainly to win a title. I'm having like a, a Bears fans on SNL moment. It's like <laughs> over under how many combined titles for Dort, and Harden and Cheatham when it's all said and done, nine and a half. <laughs> I'm saying under. I'm saying under. I might say under if you if you gave me half half, half. a title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's always a Dort and Cheatham, especially. I mean, God, they're early in their careers, and well, and Pendergrass got a title. Like you can win does. a title without being the that guy. He does. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, Cheatham is certainly a guy who, and and Dort too. I, I don't see either one of them will ever be the foundational piece for a title team. That said, and, and this is what I wanted to bring up, you know, with Dort, heck of a rookie season. 
I mean, man, oh man, what was it? It was, you know, 14, 15 months ago that the draft happened. He doesn't get drafted. You and I discussed like, wow, where does he go from here? You know, like that was really a shocking disappointment for him not to get drafted at all. Um, Sounds you know, like two-way two deal. <laughs> two-way deal, exactly. Starts the year in the G League. And by the end of the season, he's a starter and a closer for a playoff team. A good playoff team. Not, not an eight seed who's just going through the motions, but a, a good team. And gets a uh, multi-year NBA. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely a success story. Uh, if if you're ASU basketball and you want to find success stories, and as you started, as you said when we started this, you know that list is short. It's very good with James Harden, but there really wasn't much after that uh, in terms of you know last twenty years plus. Hmm. Um, well, you and, could draw yeah, the so, line from Eddie House to James yes. Harden with, with yeah. Pendergraph there. Uh, yeah. Carrick Felix had a cup of coffee. Ike had sure a cup of did. coffee. He did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the volume obviously isn't what you'd like for a for a big conference school. You, you know, you'd like to have, you know, five, six, seven guys in the NBA every year. We haven't had that. But we've had a superstar in Harden. And, and yeah, I mean, House was a, was a very good player and, a, and won a title with the Celtics as a, as a reserve, you know, and a, and a key reserve, not just a guy who rode the pine. Um, and, and now Dort, you know, and yeah, I mean, look, Jeff Pendergraf, I, I will always, you know, love Jeff Pendergraf and, you know, the fact that he won a title with the Spurs too, like makes it extra special to me, but he was what I'm saying. House wasn't, I mean, he rode the bench. Uh, he got in in the last game and made the last shot of the game, but he was not a key contributor to that team or anything. Um, I did find Dort, it. I, as an aside about Pendergraf, yeah. I found it, uh, disappointing that in the, uh, fan survey that the athletic did that no one yeah. picked him as their favorite I guy i know i know i uh, i think I, he I is my favorite guy i guess you could tell i didn't fill it out because i would have picked him yeah i mean it's hard not to pick harden you know it just did i mean harden especially for you and me but for anybody who's an asu fan of the last you know 15 plus years he's the best player that we've had and he's gone on to such great success but for you and me you know we, we met him when he was in high school um, and then to see him have the career he's had, it, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is hardened. But, yeah, in terms of sentimentality, I'd probably say it's Pendergraf. Four-year guy, you know, was, was here through the really bad times, stuck with the program when he, when he didn't have to, and probably 10 years later he wouldn't have. You know, the tide was different in college sports back then than it is now. You know, the, that happened 10 years later, he probably would have left. But he stayed. And he ended up being the heart and soul of, of those, you know, two years where we were really pretty good. Yeah. He, you know, he did everything you'd want him to do. And he did. He did. He's, he's the, he's the poster for what, you know, college athletics is supposed to be. If I, and I put that in air quotes, um, you know, but not a guy with a great pro future. You know, he played in the pros, made some money, but probably was was never ticketed for stardom but you know four-year guy and just a just the heart of the team you know he was there was a reason he was introduced last in i was starting just lineups. i was just about to bring and, it up you know harden went yeah. first glasser yeah. abbott but it ended with pendergraph always yeah. and he and he'd always come out and you know scream to the heavens and and you know just the emotion that he had and harden wasn't that way like he's kind of grown into that i mean you saw a little bit of that last night the block shot and it, you know but Harden in college was very reserved, very quiet. Uh, you know, Pendergraph was the emotional leader of that team without question. 
without quite, I mean, you know, without him, you know, first of all, we would have lacked on the court, but just the intangibles too. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I will always, I mean, you know, it's going to be tough for anybody to top Jeff Pendergraf in terms of that, just because of when he was there too. Um, you know, there might be a player who does the same things, but he's not the first to do it for me. It's Jeff Pendergraf was the first to do it. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I respect his run, but, uh, but you know, Dort has the potential, um, as a, as certainly a defensive stopper, you know, he got some attention early in this series for his defense on Harden and the numbers that, you know, I, I texted you a week or so ago because I was watching the pregame and they were putting up numbers of, you know, Harden's success versus every other defender and Harden versus Dort. And the numbers were stark. Like, he was doing a pretty good job on him. And then to have the offensive explosion he had in Game 7, now his offense and his shot still need work. But, you know, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, certainly a guy who you think, boy, three, you know, two, three years from now, he could be a big-time player. Matt, before we wrap up the Harden-Dort conversation uh do you recall off the top of your head what their combined record in territorial cup rivalry basketball games was well i do know that james harden was five and oh okay uh that i recall and i believe dort was one and one wasn't they two and split with them two Two and oh that's true that's true last year was the split yeah you're right yeah say that the seasons are weird because it feels like last year was dort's year but but it really wasn't, yeah, because uh, the NBA season has gone on for what seems like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you're right, 7-0, and pretty solid, not, not too shabby there. So when you're looking at it, these two ASU guys in the league. Yeah, yeah. Playoff teams, 7-0 and in college in the rivalry games. Yeah, yeah, both got to the NCAA tournament. I mean, you know, like, do I, do I hope that someday we're talking about a star or multiple star players that we can say, well, they took us to a Final Four. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, for, for ASU uh, perspective, not too bad. And, and you know, like you said at the very start, you know, the list always seemed like it was one guy deep when it came to ASU NBA the last decade, James Harden. And you're right, Felix played a little, Pendergraft played a little, but Dort gives you a little little thought that, hey, this guy might, might be here to stay. Um, you know, obviously Oklahoma City thinks so. They rewarded him with the contract. Um, and and uh, he's still very young and very raw. Uh, you know, that's why I say, I feel like, boy, two years from now, if he continues at this progression, you know, is he a borderline all-star type player? I think he might be. I don't know that he's going to be an MVP, but I, I think he could be a, an all-star level player. Well, and he was a, you know, he was a five-star recruit. He was. He was. You know. he was. Certainly has the physical tools. You mm-hmm. know, a good size for a guard. He can handle the ball. He's cleaned if, up if his, his shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just needs to get more consistent. It's it's better form than it was at ASU. It just he just you know he's one of those guys who just needs to be in the gym every day, putting up you know hundreds of shots and just get better. And if he wants that, and again looking at what he did this year to go from the G League to an NBA starter, seems like he must want it. Um, you know, if he if he pursues that, I think he can be that that level player. Well, we're twenty minutes in to our AFC. Football preview. Yes. We should yeah. we should start the ASU. Well, we football. needed a little a little <laughs> ASU love. It, it is opening day of ASU season in a parallel universe somewhere, so we had to get some ASU talk in at some point. Um, for those of you who don't know how we do this, which is probably everyone because no one listens, right? Uh, but if you're listening, you probably know because you've listened before. And we've done this every time we since have. Matt we left have. the yeah. NFL. 
Yeah, um, yeah this is year four of this. Yeah, we're gonna go through the AFC today. We're gonna break down every division, where we think people finish, and who our playoff teams are. Yeah, cliffhanger. Next week, we will give you the NFC, the playoffs, and then our Super Bowl champion, our MVP, yeah. uh, things Sounds like that. Good. Sounds good. Now remember, and I say this to you because I didn't remember, uh, when we're picking playoff teams, remember there's now seven in conference, not just six. That is... I was going through this this morning, and I was picking six, and then I looked at SI, and they had seven, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, forgot all about that. So... Yes, good call. It's definitely something we're going to need I'm, to address. I'm so used to four division winners and two wild cards. I was just doing that in my mind, and then I was I was looking at the SI preview that they had out. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I got to have a third wild card team. Um. So let's start with the defending Super Bowl champs in the in yeah. the AFC West. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, the the marquee team is the Chiefs. There, you've got. Uh, the Broncos, who are still in Denver, the Chiefs, who are still in Kansas City, and then two teams who I will say the wrong places for <laughs> the L.A. Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, exactly. I mean, the L.A. Chargers, we should be used to by now, but it still sounds weird to say. Um, and, yeah, the Vegas Raiders, that will take some adjustment. Um, but, yeah, yeah, some some new two new stadiums in the division. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like fans are going to be in either one this year. Not to start with, at least. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, anxious to see those places. Both of them, uh, you know, seen, seen some pictures and video of the new L.A. stadium. It looks like quite the place. And I know the Vegas stadium is supposed to be as well. Um, so someday in the in the future, get to see those. But uh, they'll be fun to see on TV, I guess, at least this year. Yeah, if you watched Hard Knocks this week, they, were, they did go to SoFi for did part they, of Hard Knocks. They, I didn't so. see that. Yeah, I just saw some some videos on Twitter from obviously they did a media outing or something because I saw some different people posting things. So, um, yeah, you know, looks, looks like quite the place it's supposed to be. They put a, you know, billions with a B into that stadium. So it should be. And, uh, I'm anxious to see the Raiders place too, obviously. Um, you know, won't, won't be what it was supposed to be for either place, you know, opening up with, you know, you hope 70,000 plus fans, but, uh, we'll get there in the future, but, uh, you know, this year we'll just get to see the teams, I guess. So uh, I don't think I'm going out on a, a very weak limb here when I say that I've got the Chiefs to win this division. Yeah, I mean, they're the, they're the obvious pick, and I'm doing the same. I mean, that not only are they the defending champs, they've got a ton back. I mean, I think I read they've got, like, I don't even know the number that I read, but, you know, like pretty much all their offensive production. I know Damian Williams opted out. Um, and but they replaced player, but him they, with Edward Solaire. <laughs> Edward Solaire, exactly, who seems like a great fit for them. You know, I mean, you saw what he did at LSU as a pass catcher, pass blocker, uh, and what they do. I mean, it just it seems like such an obvious fit. Um, and, you know, Mahomes was hurt most of last year, still had a really good year. You, you figure, you know, you get some progression from Nicole Hardman. You still have Tyreek Hill. You still have Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, two impossible matchups. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, they seem like far and away the class of the division and maybe the NFL. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to say that yet just because it's hard to go back to back. But, I mean, if you're going to pick a team to repeat, this is the team you'd pick because they have so much back in the fold. I'm – so here's where it gets interesting with, with the three wild cards. I, I yeah. Without spoilers, I've got two coming from a, a single division – Okay. So I'm now stuck struggling with my third. 
Yeah. And, you know, and and Denver to me is intriguing. I think adding Melvin Gordon to that backfield is, is definitely interesting. I agree. I I mean, I, I was intrigued by Denver too. Drew Locke played well at the end of last year. I know the games were kind of meaningless, but he showed some promise that, you know, Denver really hasn't had a quarterback since Manning retired. They've kind of just had a revolving door there and not, not a lot of production. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think they're a team to look out for, but I, I have the Raiders second. I like, I, I think the Raiders pretty good last year. They were in the mix all the way to the end. Um, and I think just having a home and things like that will help. I've got the Raiders second and as a playoff team. Okay. I have the Broncos second. I've got the Raiders third and, okay. and the Chargers last. Um, so I just flip Raiders and Broncos with you because I've got Broncos third, Chargers fourth. Okay. Uh, I am, frankly, it's down to the wire. I, Denver is on my short list. My, okay. my issue is... You don't have to commit to it right now. It's okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you, my, my issue is, I don't know what to think about Tennessee. It, it did, did what I see last year, was that real? Oh, is that? gosh. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, I, I agree. When we get to the South, and if you want to just transition into the South Let's now. talk about the South. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I, look, I think that adding Phil Rivers to the Colts makes them, to me, the prohibitive favorite for the South. I think so, too. They're, they're my pick, um, in part because I think they were going to win the division last year until Jacoby Brissett got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then he came back, but he wasn't the same. You know, he was playing with a bum knee, and, and it just it proved to be the difference. Uh, but I'm not sure how much gas Rivers has in the tank, honestly. But even if he starts out, let's say he starts out bad, and it's like, Ugh, they still have Brissett. And I think Brissett's a solid quarterback. Yeah. Probably not a you know Mahomes-level player, but good enough to get you to the playoffs if he has to. Yeah, I agree. And, and the nice thing is, is if he... Let's say at some point Rivers goes down. Brissett can yeah. can give you four or five games, yeah. and if he's yeah. got the hot hand, you can ride him. At, you know exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean they, you know, plus I think they, added, they were smart to keep him. Plus they added Jonathan Taylor. They did, who I think yeah. is a good running back, and they still have Marlon Mack, and he's hurt all the time. But yeah. having Taylor maybe will help. Um, and then didn't they draft Michael Pittman Jr. from uh, from SC? Yeah, and then so, uh, you know, and they still have Ty Hilton, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, I I think, you know, with a good offensive line, I mean, they have Costanzo, they have uh, Quinn Nelson. Um, you know, I mean, that's it's a good fit for Rivers, who's a statue. I mean, no argument there. He's, he's not in the modern mold of, you know, running mobile quarterback. He's a pocket passer extraordinaire. Um, so having a good offensive line and a good running game will help him. Uh, playing indoors will probably help him. Um, you know, so... I, uh, yeah, I think they're my pick to win the division, and it and it comes down in large part to exactly what you said about Tennessee. I, like they were, their margin was so thin last year to even get in, and then they won a couple games and they play. You know, they had the lead in the AFC title game, and I think it's easy to be like, "Oh, they're coming." I just don't know if I trust Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to for me. Is he really as good as he seemed last year? Because we've seen it in bits before. But he doesn't do it consistently. Yeah, and and they've handed him the keys. It's his. They have. You know. They have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they committed to him before Brady made a decision. Now they may have had 
you know, knowledge that Brady Rosen wasn't going there. But yeah, I mean, he was the first domino to fall in the quarterback free agent market. So they they seemingly really like him. They gave Derrick Henry big money. Yeah, um, they and got he was AJ, great last year. They still but, got AJ you know, Brown. They you do, know, yeah, second yeah, year. You know, good defense. Um, you know, I think Vrabel's a pretty good coach, but I, it just comes down to me to wondering. One, can Derrick Henry keep it up at that level? Because we've seen this before with running backs who are workhorse type backs that when it goes, it just goes quickly and and almost immediately. And so can he continue to be the force he is with the pounding he takes? And then if he can't, do you trust Ryan Tannehill? Mm -hmm. And, And my answer at this point is no. Yeah, my answer is yes. I may, I, I've decided after we've talked it through, okay. I've talked myself into the Titans as one of my three wildcard teams. So I thought about them as a wildcard, and I guess I kind of still am, um, although I don't think I'm going with them, but I have them second in the division. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, given the, given the Texans' losses, especially with DeAndre Hopkins, the trade that just made no sense then and still makes no sense now, um, you know, I, I don't see them being good enough to really contend. Although I like Deshaun Watson, but I, I think they're you know an average team, and the Jaguars just appear to be kind of mailing it in this year. So um, I, I think I got it. I think we got the same order on the Wells. I guess you haven't commented on Houston, Jacksonville, but I got Colts, Titans, Houston, Jacksonville, yeah. but only the Colts making the playoffs. I've got the same order. I you know okay. you you've got the worst roster in football potentially and then you cut Leonard Fournette. So Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh Justin Fields, Trevor like, Lawrence. Yeah. Start looking at apartments in Jacksonville. It seems like they're in, in tank mode. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know that was uh you know, you always you always know something interesting's happened with a bad team when Trevor Lawrence starts trending on Twitter. And that's exactly what happened a couple days ago. His name was on there. Like, well, wonder what happened. Oh, Jacksonville cut Leonard Fournette. That's it. So, Matt, I'm going to let you decide. Do you want to go to the north or the east? Because I don't want to tip my hand, but I have takes about both. All right. Well, let's uh, let's just go north. Okay. Um, you know, kind of go reverse order of how the standings usually look. So we started with west, then we went to south. Let's go north from there. All right. I, I have multiple wildcard teams here. Okay. I, I've got the Ravens to win the division, although I think – pretty close yeah um and then i i think the steelers if roethlisberger stays healthy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are are good I, I i could see them and the ravens having a thing where they're both you know 10 and 5 or 10 and 5 yeah. and 11 and 4 going into the last week coming down to the wire i i kind of agree this was a toss-up division for me to pick the winner i was, i like the steelers too they that defense of theirs really came together last year and their offense just wasn't any good. And so if you if you say, if you give me a full healthy year of Roethlisberger, I feel like they, you know, can be maybe a Super Bowl team. That's the big if, though, because he wasn't healthy last year, and can you come back from that? Now, here's where I just lose touch with reality, and I, okay. and I accept that. I have the Browns making the playoffs. I think we were all a year early with the hype. And now yeah. everyone's jumping off the bandwagon. And, yeah. you know, Miles Garrett, you still got the receivers. You still got sure. Chubb. Sure. You still I got Mason. I think Nathan. it's a terrible or, or terribly outlandish pick. I mean, I'm, I'm not there with you to actually pick them, but I thought about it. 
Um, you know, I mean, they, they do have talent. Last year was kind of one of those years where it was like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, and, and, yeah, they still have a decent amount of talent. Um, you know, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you got a great running back combo. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, I guess, similar to what I said about Tennessee, but different reason. But, you know, it comes down to how much do you trust Baker Mayfield? Is he the quarterback who played well as a rookie? Or is he the guy who really did not have much of a year last year? I See, and I think that he'll be good enough. I, I think yeah. there are so many weapons. This this is a little bit Jared Goff-y. Yeah, But yeah. I, he doesn't need to be great. They've got so many weapons. If yeah. Chubb and Hunt are like a, a healthy, uh, you know, pair for the season. Right. right. And then you've got Beckham, Landry... And they signed Austin Hooper, which I forgot right. about until I just saw it. Right. And yeah. they still have Njoku, don't they? They didn't trade him. I know he yeah. was making he wants noise to about wanting gone. out, but he didn't get traded. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you've got a, you've got plenty of weapons at your disposal. Yeah. Yeah, no and, doubt. And, and, so and, it's and just, a pretty good defense. If he can just stay upright, yeah. If Miles Garrett doesn't hit anybody with their own helmet. They right, got, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a solid defense last year. They, did they... They did give Garrett a big deal, didn't they? I know yeah. it was rumored, but and it did he's finish. Re- and he's reinstated. Yes, yes. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree. It's, it's, I mean, honestly, and I hate saying this because I hate when people say things like this. They don't, they're not logical. But if you put this exact same team in a different uniform, in a different franchise, I might say, oh, boy, watch out. There's just something about the Browns that makes you expect bad. Yeah, and just uh, you know, because they've done it so often, they've let us down when they were supposed to be good uh, in the last few years. This last year being most notable, that you just think, "Am I ready to jump on that bandwagon?" And the answer is no. I'm not there yet. Fair enough. Uh, and then, but, I, I, but again, I don't think you're totally crazy. Now, when you when you led with this, I thought you were going to say you were picking the Bengals. That would have been a really no. I no. I people are all over. Oh well. You know, Burrow looks great. He doesn't make right. the same mistake twice. It's like, well, right. he's going to see a lot of new stuff. So even he if he is. doesn't he make is. the same mistake twice, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to make a first mistake. Different mistakes. Yeah. And and also, they're just not very good. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not – Burrow may have a really good year, and even if he does, I think they're a 6-10 and 10 type of team. They just don't have much talent. Uh, you know, I mean, defensively – they were a mess last year, and I don't recall them really making a lot of impact additions to get better on that side of the ball. No. I mean, they could have a year similar to what the Browns had two years ago when Mayfield had this really good rookie season, and they finished, what, 6-10, 7-9. Like, I could see that. Thoreau could have a great year. I still don't think it's enough to actually make them a playoff-type team. Um, so I've got Steelers and Browns as wild card behind the Ravens. You? Okay. I'm going. I'm going Steelers to win the division. Okay. I'm going to bank on that healthy Roethlisberger, and I just I'm a little bit leery of Baltimore. Not leery enough to not pick them to make the playoffs. I've got them as a wild card, but a little bit leery of like a team's going to catch up to what they did last year, and can they adjust? Are they are they kind of what the Rams were last year? Was was the model set out there for? Here's how you slow them down offensively by what Tennessee did to them. And can they adjust? Now, maybe they can. John Harbaugh's a good coach. He's got good assistants. They came up with some great schemes last year that had teams reeling. If they do that again, 
you know, my, my projection will be wrong. They'll win the division. But I'm going Pittsburgh primarily because of their defense and then banking on a healthy Roethlisberger, James Conner, the good receivers that they've got, you know, no more drama with Brown or Bell or any of those guys, just, just playing football. Yeah. But I got Ravens as a wild card, um, probably my top wild card. And then I'd go Browns, Bengals in that order. Okay. So we flip at the top, but we yeah. both have the Ravens and Steelers in the playoffs. Well, yes. Matt, yes. Matt, I'm very curious where we're going to go here in the East with you. Okay. Uh, New England had, I don't know if you knew this, they had a lot of success with Tom Brady and Bill Yeah, they did. They did. And I was thinking about it last night. This is the, I mean, we've only been doing this podcast recording for a handful of years, but we've been talking NFL going back to probably when we were, what, juniors in high school. Um, And every single year we've done that, when we've talked NFL preseason, Tom Brady's been the quarterback of the Patriots. That is no longer the case. So kind of weird. And a lot of people are saying that that was very politician-y. Uh, podcasts <laughs> that I listened to had people on it saying that, you know, this could be what Belichick's wanted the whole time. He gets sure. to do what he wants. He gets to, sure. Okay, maybe. But Cam Newton hasn't been healthy in three years, and they just announced That's he beat it. out Jarrett Stidham. That's it for me. That's actually, that's a hundred percent what I was thinking too. Is like, if you tell me they're going to get Cam Newton of 2015 MVP level 15 and one Cam Newton, well, then all bets are off. You know, then you know, Oh wow. They, they could be really impressive, but how can you believe in that when he's barely been able to stay on the field the last two years? And when he has, he hasn't been good. Yeah. And that's why Matt, I'm picking the Buffalo oh, Bills me too. to I'm win the you. division. I'm with you. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's uh, for for every year we've done this podcast recording, we've pretty much kind of gone over the AFC East and said, "Well, you got to pick the Patriots." I don't think that's the case at all this year. They may win it, but it's not an obvious like, "Oh, they're going to win." You know, whatever. I, the Bills have a really good defense, and and the Patriots, no more Brady. They got all these big name guys that opted out, you know, more than any other team, I believe. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think the door is certainly wide open for somebody, and the Bills are the most likely to dethrone them at the top of the division. Least likely, the Jets. The Jets are bad. I think so too. I think so too. I think the Dolphins could be kind of sneaky, sneaky good, mm-hmm. not playoff good, but uh, you know, seven or eight wins and and be a trendy pick going into next year. Well. Now let me ask you: Is it seven to eight wins because they substitute Fitzmagic out for two? At some point, I think they will. I think that yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think he's going to start to start the year. I think they've said that, but I think at, at some point, yeah, Tua gets in there. Um, you know, probably around. I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I'd say you know, before midseason, he gets in there, and and that gives them. A spark, and you know, again, doesn't mean they're going to deliver on the promise in 2021. But uh, you know, I think Flores is a good coach. Um, he, you know, after all the disaster to start the year last year when they, you know, lost those two games so big, you know, he got them playing well. They won some games down the stretch, um, and I, and I think you know, Tua gives them a spark. They they drafted well. I thought we'll see. Obviously, um, and, you know, so I, I think they. You know, again, they'll finish the year as one of those teams, and it's like, well, they weren't good enough to make the playoffs, but boy, look out for them next year. Yeah. 
So I'm going Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets. That's the same order for me. Jets, I like. I like Darnold, and and so I and I like the Jets. I've always just had kind of a like weak spot for the Jets. Um, even going back to when I was a kid, and it was you know Vinny Testaverde or Chad Pennington. Uh, I've always kind of liked him, but I don't. I, the Adam Gase move just seems bad, and it gets worse by the day. When is he um, going to get fired? Do you think? I don't know. Week, I don't know. Four? Uh, you know, it could happen, and and then that you know that just sets Darnold back again because if I'm if my memory is correct, Gase was just first year last year. So Darnold played. Who was the coach before that? I don't even remember who it was. I'm blanking on it. Uh, it was, was the he was a defensive coordinator, the African American coach. Blanking on his name. God, I am too. Uh, who was the Jets coach before? Adam. Hold on. Boy, this is bad. NY Jets coach. Look, this is dead air time, people. Well, is, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just upset with myself. I should know this. And when you tell me who it is, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. All right. List of that. their coaches historically. It wasn't Sammy Baugh. Todd Bowles. It was Todd, Todd Bowles. Bowles. Yes. God, how did I know? Seriously, how did I not remember that? He was the Cardinals defensive coordinator when I was there. I should have remembered that. I could um, picture him, and, and I couldn't. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. You know, um, so I mean, that would be like if you do get rid of Gase, that's that's then three coaches in three years for Darnold. That's a recipe for ruining a quarterback. Um, so I, I don't feel great about it. I, I like Darnold, and I, I hope I'm wrong in saying this, but yeah, I think they are looking at a rough season and probably another new coach either during or after the season. Perhaps a return of Herm Edwards? <laughs> hopefully he'll be coaching in January and he won't be available to do interviews. Yeah. Hopefully. But, uh, I don't, I don't think Herm would go back to the jets anyway. Um, uh, although the New York media would eat it up they'd, they'd love to have that clown to kick around again. And they would think of him as a clown. I like him, but New York would think of him that way. The Jets' schedule this year is at Dol- in week 10 at dolphins week 11 by week 12 home to dolphins. That feels like a window to fire someone. It could be, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I I'm with you on on the order, um, and I do have the Patriots as a wild card. That's me just kind of playing it safe and saying, you know, Bill Belichick will find a way to get something out of this team. That, and I don't like Bill Belichick. This is not me, you know, kissing his butt, but just kind of being honest. Like, probably if there were anybody else coaching this team, they'd be a five win team. But because it's him, they'll find a way to win nine or ten. I, I think they'll get to 500, but I'm not prepared to go beyond that. You're so, not going playoffs? No. You're just going Bills only? Okay. No, so I've got Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, Colts as your division winners. Okay. Steelers, Titans, similar. Browns as okay. my playoff teams. So I go I go Chiefs. Now, did you do, was that your order? Your order of finish? Uh, Chiefs, Ravens. Chiefs, Ravens, Bills. Colts, Colts, Steelers, Titans, Browns. Okay. That's my so one. I'll go Chiefs seven. one. I'll go Steelers two. Colts three. Bills four. Ravens is the top wild card five. Uh, Patriots six. Raiders seven. Okay. Which well, would set me up for what? Uh, Raiders, Steelers. I know we're not doing matchups, but I, I'm just putting this in my mind for next week. Raiders, Steelers, Patriots, Colts. That'd be fun. Little throwback to the old days, and Ravens and Bills. I would have 
Ravens, Browns. That would be the okay. two seven. Okay. My three, it's three six would be Bills, Titans, and then Steelers, Colts, four five. Okay. Okay. I'm going to write this down so I don't forget this because, you know, I could end up forgetting what order I did it. So, Chiefs, we're, we're picking this up where we left off next week. So, okay, perfect. I like it. Yeah. So, we both have KC with the bye, which... We do, which is weird to say that only one team would get a bye, but that's where we'll be. It's it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how it will play out and how it feels when it comes time. I mean, it's one of those things I... You and I discussed it a few weeks ago that it's like where they had everything perfect, it felt like, and now you're messing with the balance. And I still kind of think that. But when it comes time for that first wild card weekend and there's six games on instead of four, very likely I'll have my arm twisted and be like, yeah, I kind of like this. This is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's more football. They're banking on that mattering most of all. Right. Right. And, and it probably will. Now, you know, we've had this discussion, and other people have had it too. At some point, does the bubble burst? You know, does does Is more, more, much? more? Yeah, you know. I don't and, think and it's this point, year because I don't think it's nothing. this year either. No, no, agreed. I mean, and and I don't think quite. I mean, honestly, I think we're always looking for that like one point where everything ends and turns around. I don't think it's going to be one point. I think it might be just like 10, 15, 20 years from now. We look up and say, "Huh, things have changed." The, the NFL doesn't feel like what it used to. Remember when it used to feel like this, and now it doesn't. And we might look back at things like 17 games and seven playoff teams as part of the reasons why. Or maybe not. Maybe it'll just make things better. Who knows? Yeah. Well, next week, we're going to talk about the NFC. We're going to talk about the playoffs. Yes. We're going to talk about... I need to pick an MVP to probably curse them this year because my NFL MVP picks are just, just bad. Yeah, I for the for the success I've had at picking Heisman winners, my NFL MVPs have not gone well. Well, much like Georgia quarterbacks, I, I tend to just pick Packer quarterbacks for my MVP. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I won't pick Aaron Rodgers as a favor to you uh, <laughs> because it seems like when I pick someone to win MVP, they have a rough year. I picked Roethlisberger a couple years back; he didn't play very well. I picked Andrew Luck a couple years back; he didn't have a great season. Uh, I picked Wentz last year; he was injured off and on and the Eagles just were injured all season with dozens of people getting hurt. So when I pick your quarterback to win MVP, things go badly. So uh, sorry to whoever I pick. Yeah. Apologies in advance to uh, chiefs nation from Matt. Uh, I'm not picking Mahomes. I'm not. <laughs> First of all, it's too easy, too easy. You know, I like the Heisman. I try to pick somebody to come a little off the radar. Maybe I'll pick Tyler Murray. See if I see if this jinx thing really works. <laughs> I won't really do that, but, I might it's, come, it's come to my mind. I've thought about it. Like, you know, go all in. Yeah. Look, you're the bad luck guy. Okay. Right, right. Well, let, depending on what happens this year, next year, I may I may employ that strategy. Coach of the year, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, exactly. Coach Cardinals, 16-0. Coach of the year, Cliff Kingsbury. Right, right, <laughs> right, exactly, yes. First ever 20-0 and season next year when they have 17 regular season games, Arizona Cardinals, clearly. Mm-hmm. That's certainly who all the bookmakers are putting. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. So, no, I won't pick Tyler Murray, but uh, I, I have a pick in mind. It's not from the conference we just discussed, but we'll save that to next week. All right. Well, next week we'll talk about the NFC. We'll talk about whatever else happens in the crazy world of ASU 
That's athletics. right. That's right. Uh, See pro. if there's any news on, you know, progressions toward a, you know, basketball season. And some there was some positive news this week, it seemed like, about start dates and whatnot. So we'll see. Maybe we'll have some concrete news by next week. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. <laughs>